I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ozzlespeed's uh, Live from our Barangaroo studios. You've tuned in to the call. We... Uh, bring up 10 stocks suggested by you. I put them to our expert panel. We do it all in one hour as they run the ruler across your requests. Our panel today, Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Michael, how are you, sir? Good, thank you. Um, clients starting to be a bit more positive? A little bit, a little uh, bit. Yeah, look, I mean, we've, we've been quite positive, um, but, you know, the headlines in the papers have just been been horrible. rubbish unfortunately yes. but you know things are starting to prove themselves obviously last night's inflation figures in the, um, US. In the yep. US were you know heading the right way and um, you know there's I think there's less avenue for the for the bears out there to say yeah but what about this and what right. about that I mean clearly yep. everything's moving in the right direction yeah. Um, which is great for interest rates and the economy's holding up. So yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's working out OK. Uh, Josh Barker from Macro Capital, likewise. Are you yeah, as, starting to see a bit of bad positive? news. Bad news fatigue. And uh, yeah, there's not much risk out there in the market that we haven't been talking about for the last 18 months. Um, seems that just recently the bond market got a bit of ahead of itself, you know, even pricing in almost three rate rises uh, in the US and, and even yep. here in Australia too. Yep. Um, but for that to eventuate uh, would have been a different story. Um, so yeah, I guess they had to completely reverse that thought, the bond markets uh, last night on the back of their lower inflation. Just thinking one more one more rate rise for the Fed and then yeah. really start to aggressively drop it in uh, next calendar year. Oh, is that what the, the market's saying? That's the big change that's really occurred is is the is the drastic drop starting as early as march wow Mm. okay all right that's a real change of sentiment isn't um hey uh, a lot of the stocks that we're going to uh, look at today are going to be affected uh by the uh, the peak of interest rates and inflation coming down um this half hour we're going to be taking a look at g8 education briscoe Worley, minboss resources dominoes which i just noticed on the ticker down below up almost 3% this morning, you know, one of the, it's been smashed because of inflation. Now inflation trending down. Is it a turnaround in stocks like Domino's? We'll get the thoughts of the guys very shortly. Uh, stock of the day though, a uh, bit of an update from Net Wealth this morning, reported a significant increase in total funds under administration for the financial year ending June 30, um, surged 26%. We're here a total of $70.3 billion. Additionally, the funds under management experienced a 22% rise, reaching $16 billion by the end of the year. Saying a bit of uncertainty ahead, but overall a, um, a pretty good update from Net 
net worth. Josh? Yeah, good, good day to do it, of course, as well. But it is a good update. Um, so, you know, the type of business they are, the funds are very sticky being on those wrap platforms yeah. and the cash levels that are um, being accumulated by a lot um, and the interest paid on that does help them too. Um, but just looking, I guess, uh, at the company com- compared to its competitors. So, um, yeah, it experienced two thirds of the net farm inflows of the market over the last 12 months. Um, they're ranked number six, so they've got about a 7%, 6.7% market share. Um, and then I guess a few of the names ahead of them are the ones that are actually declining. So right. your AMP, your Colonial, your BT, whereas them and, um, you know, to be fair, uh, the, uh, you know, Hub 24 is, is in a similar similar space. They're both sort of six and seven yeah. um, and both increasing their farm um, with net wealth being marginally ahead. So yeah, it looks uh, really, really quite um, good. Wouldn't be adverse to uh, picking it up, yeah. Okay, uh, buying here over Hub 24? Out of the two, do you have yeah, just marginally, um, ah. but both both very strong and both well positioned to take advantage of the, the market conditions anyway. Okay, Michael? Net wealth? Um, yeah, great update. So, um, you know, it, uh, Joshua covered it all pretty much. So, you know, good to see those those inflows come in. Um, and, you know, they should benefit from an improving market. I, I think the markets will yeah. improve um, and that will benefit net wealth. And look, the only negative is that they do get a little bit of a benefit from rising interest rates, but ultimately, you know, you want the funds under management yeah. to flow in in a better market and lower interest rates will help will help that so um, look all going the right way um, when I look at the way it's trading on the chart we could see that for a year now it's been just trading sideways very clear selling anytime it gets near about 1430 1440 but today it actually broke above that level so that could mm. be quite significant so if you are into net wealth you'd use this as the the buying opportunity okay all right so a buy for you as well yep um, which a rising share market not only is good for funds flow, is it, but funds under management, you know, if it's increasing right. anyhow, uh, it brings an automatic upgrade, does it? Yeah, exactly. And unlike um, other players in the market that leverage to funds flow, like the fund managers out yeah. there, um, these guys don't need to worry about performance. They're just they're just yeah, a platform, yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah, very stable compared to a fund manager. <coughs> Absolutely. So, you'd prefer one of these than a listed fund manager? I would. I, look, at the end of the day, I wouldn't buy this one either because I'm a stock picker and I'd rather right. find some other opportunities. But I think between the two, you know, the upside isn't as leveraged. Um, it's something like a net wealth, but it's more. It's more reliable, that's for sure. All right. Let's get into the uh, stocks you want us to have a look at. Samantha uh, wants a view, Michael, on G8 Education, the big Mm. childcare uh, provider, developer. um, uh, Biggest revenue, of course, comes from the government with with subsidies as well. Uh, Really a childcare roll-up group, is that G8 Education? Yeah, that's right. Look, I think there's... I'll jump straight to the conclusion. I think there's too many moving parts with this one. Um, We know in the past, you know, one major criticism of G8 has been the fact that it's it's more of a roll-up. They just derive extra revenue by taking on more childcare centres for for a low PE. So buying Um, out the private operators. Buying out the private operators, which, you know, 
I, I guess worked in a in a low interest rate environment. But but even then, before as we could see on that chart, I was just about to mention. But even before COVID came along, um, the share price wasn't doing very well anyway. Um, yeah, the big problem with with a centre like this, as we know, is you know there is a lot of government sort of intervention involved. So whether it's the, not just the subsidies, but also you know, they dictate the minimum staffing levels. So right. for, for children of a certain age, you need a certain number of staff and that changes, yep. but, but they do dictate that. And as we know, staffing is the massive problem at the moment, finding staff, retaining staff, paying staff what they want. So this is why you know, daily childcare costs, I think are up at you know, $129 a day or, or something similar yep. to that, which is you know, pretty high. Um, like a, and, I'm, I've worked it out that it's more expensive than having a kid doing year 12 in private school <laughs> yeah, right. is okay. childcare I'm a not day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's ridiculous and it's after tax dollars That's as well, right. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got to pay. And, and these childcare centres, you know, you've got to run a centre. So yep. whether it's rent or energy costs, mm. just there's so much stacked up against them. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's too hard and I just don't think you'll get much share price appreciation okay. because of that. Josh? Yeah, very similar thought. There's a lot of moving parts. Probably the biggest one for them is staff. So they have about 10,000 staff, which is uh, you know uh, one staff member to every, every five um, children that they've got on the books. So um, yeah, it is a very sort of thin profit margin business. You know, technically they're doing you know, 900 million in revenues, but due to the nature of the business, uh, they're only getting about 30 million in profit from that. Um, and Labor have just increased the minimum wage from the 1st of July um, yeah. by about 5.75%. So that eats away about 32 million um, if you assume, you know, that's held constant. So kind of erases a lot of their profits potentially uh, if that does rise in line with that. And then you've got all the other uh, sort of considerations to make. So um, yeah, I think this uh, company is severely at danger of getting a profit margin squeeze. Um, they can't control those costs, unfortunately, because they're government mandated. So uh, this one would be a sell for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. A sell on G8 Education. Uh, next up, Tom wants a view, uh, Josh, on uh, Briscoe, the New Zealand retailer, isn't mm, it? Um, yeah. I don't think it's come up on uh, the call before. Um, homewares and sporting goods. Yeah, I can't imagine it's a very, um, you know, <coughs> frequently traded stock. Mm. Um, you know, in looking at it just yesterday, uh, there's no buyers and sellers in the market. Today, it's the same. Um, sometimes it tends to go weeks without trades going through. So really important to keep that in mind um, if you're interested in getting involved in this company. There may be liquidity issues even for, right. you know, the smallest of trades. Yeah. So... You know, regardless of how good the business is, um, it's going to be like a haunted house. You know, you could buy it, might be great, but no one's going to buy it from you. Right. So it's there's definitely some dangers there. Um, you know, sporting uh, sporting goods and homewares in New Zealand um, may be coming under pressure. You know, they've had a pretty drastic uh, interest rate rise over there. So yeah, more um, than here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, significantly yeah. more. They've been a lot more aggressive on yeah. it. So yeah, then consumer habits may come under pressure there as well. So um, yeah, this one. Would be an avoid. Yeah. Um, obviously, can't say sell because you you know no one's going to look to buy it from you. Maybe <laughs> pop an order out there and, and hope that you get lucky. Yeah. Okay, uh, Michael. Um, any interest yeah. whatsoever? No, not at all. Be I mean, mainly because of the liquidity issue. I mean, that yeah. stops you right there. And yeah. uh, of course, it's a tough sector, so yeah. it's an avoid. Okay. All right. 
Uh, quick and easy, that one. Um, uh, Bill, though, wants a view, Michael, on Warley, the, uh, um, what do you call this, big infrastructure service group? Yeah, engineering uh, services. Yeah, engineering, uh, chemicals and resources sector. Yeah, and they're very, uh, they're highly leveraged to the oil price as yeah. well. Um, so look, I'm, you know, I'm still optimistic. The, uh, the resources sector, I think um, oil prices will stay firm and even increase from here. So that puts all these sorts of businesses on the radar for us. Um, yeah, Warley's had some nice updates um, a couple of months ago where they were describing what, what lay ahead for the year and they were quite optimistic that there was a lot of work uh, due to come on board. Um, and we could see that the share prices react reacted to that over the last few months. Um, yeah, it did spend much of 2022, 23, with a bit of a ceiling near sort of $15.50, $16 in terms of share price, but it's got through that now. So even though the share price did look a bit iffy a few weeks ago, I guess, you know, the whole market did, but um, but it's held on pretty well and is back into an uptrend. So there's a trend, it's it's heading the right way. I think it's in, in the right sector. Um, you know, I'd be happy to hold even even buy here, given that the market looks okay. like it wants to get a bit of a wriggle. wriggle All right, on. so buy for you on this. Yep. Um, oil price going up though, every, whenever OPEC comes out mm. and says we're going to cut supplies, uh, the oil price goes down, doesn't it at the moment? I think the issue is um, we just haven't seen that sort of kick along with, with global demand. So you've got OPEC have been cutting, uh, the US petroleum reserves are at I think all time lows. Um, we know the government there has just been pulling everything out of their reserves to try to keep prices down. Um, you know, the global economy has remained strong, but it's not really firing right. on all cylinders. And of course, China with, with what's happening there. So if you think that, okay, well, the economy's had its little dip now with inflation, inflation's under control, interest rates aren't going up, there's a lot of employment, we could see some decent growth in the next 12 months. And then in China, they're going to have to do something. Um, to get their economy going. Plus their economy will be affected by the global economy picking up because we'll be buying their goods. I think global growth has a good chance to pick up and right. therefore demand for oil and that price will go up. Okay. Uh, Josh, what do you think of Warling? Uh, I think it's a good business. It's a good way to play sort of the mix of old energy and, and, and new ones because obviously they are quite linked to the oil price. But a lot of their work that they're doing uh, moving forward has been servicing those green uh, greener energy contracts. So they've got a lot in uh, solar and wind, the green energies, um, really like solar. Solar is going to be uh, a really cost effective way of doing things uh, and the cost just you know, sort of peter patter down once you get the uh, you know sort of infrastructure set up, the cost half each year after that basically. So so um, they're doing a lot of work on servicing the entire chain on the battery, um, battery, you know, materials. Right. So things like not only getting out of the ground, but also, um, you know, so like developing uh, the minerals, um, you know, creating batteries. Recycling batteries is going to be a big area because they only last six or seven years, the lithium batteries. Um, so, yeah, I think... So, Wally's getting into that as well, aren't they? Yeah, they're servicing right. a lot of their engineering right. projects to to those sort of businesses that are, that are working on that. Right. So, um, that's become a, a big part of their business. Um, the sustainability-related revenues is actually up about 50% for the yeah. last two years. So, they're trying to transform their business and we've kind of seen from the... The, the share price movement that it's been a slow it's been a slow sort of trend 
transition for them, but it looks like they're starting to do it quite well. Mm. Um, you know, we're starting to get less and less exposure to direct commodities and more exposure to um, companies that service those those commodity names. Right. Um, because obviously, you know, if the prices come off, they're going to continue to make money with capex still remaining at high levels. So I think that Woolies, yeah, fits 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 the bill. It is quite high at the minute, so maybe just to hold on Woolies for the time being. Okay. All right. Wait for any pullback. All right, um, Josh, Minboz Resources, Alice wants a view on that, uh, phosphate fertilizer and nutrient company. Yeah, so um, I guess I have a lot of uh, exposure to the uh, Angola government. They've got support there from, from the government too. So they seem well capitalized. Uh, they do tend to, to rally um, and, and, and sort of consolidate. So it does look quite attractive on the charts. This is a business that you have to sort of know the story and, and know quite well. Um, however, from a risks point of view, they are well capitalized. Last year, they did a $15 million cap raise um, and that came with a $25 million debt facility. So they're still an explorer, um, but they, they've got, um, mm. I guess, um, the capability to, to move from explorer to producer. Right. So yeah, it seems like a, a decent little prospect. Um, it looks thin, thinly traded as well. Yeah, fairly. Um, does volume, you'll be, able to, you'll be able to sort of actively get out and get in right. for okay. uh, general investors anyway. Angola, is that a Yeah, a bit of sovereign risk there. Um, you know, we, uh, I mean, it's hard to say until it eventuates. That's the whole thing about sovereign risk. Yep. You know, it's, it's fine <laughs> until it's not. Um, you know, we're a lot of the smaller ones that we're playing in the resource sector are mainly mainly local. Right. So, you know, Mount Isa, gold, uh, copper projects and, and, and uh, like. Okay. All right. Uh, so... You do a hold for that? Hold for that. For me, yeah. uh, Michael, what do you think of Minboss? Um, yeah, obviously, you know, not, not making money, still still yeah. developing and, and exploring. Only trades about 75 grand a day. So um, as, as mentioned, you need to keep an eye out on that. Yeah. Um, fertilizer prices have come back quite a bit since that initial spike up um, at the start of the Ukrainian war. Um, look, I'd, I'd avoid it just given the sort of where they're at in, in the cycle and, and the liquidity, you know, one alternative is Instec Pivot. Yep. Um, so it's explosives and fertilizers. Um, they had a bit of a, a lift up yesterday mm. um, where the company confirmed that they have received some approaches to spin off their, their fertilizer yep. business. Um, Which they've they, been talking about for a while, haven't they? Yeah, so the market's just lost interest and, yep. and confidence anything was going to ha- actually yep. happen. Um, but I think that one looks like it's got a bit of upside from here. So I think that one will be a bit more reliable, at least for the next few yep. months, as an alternative to Minboss. And so, is Orica in a similar space as well as a um, sector? I don't think they're in fertiliser, more just chemicals and, and explosives. explosives. I mean, New yeah. Farm's the other fertiliser business, but that share price has been languishing as well because of the the decrease in fertiliser prices. So um, uh, Minboss, not for you, but there are other alternatives like Incitec Pivot if you you want to be in that sector. Um, Lisa wants a view, Michael, on Domino's. Now, here is a stock (laughs) that has challenged the market over the last year or two years. It has its lovers and its haters. Um, smashed by inflation and rising prices, started off with ingredients and um, for the for the pizzas, and then it was staff inflation as well. Mm. Hasn't taken a trick over the last twelve months, has it? No, no. And um, is it looking better? 
I think it's still too early. I mean, this right. it's an interesting one. I remember back in sort of 2020, 2021, um, those that like Domino's would, would liken it to a tech stock because mm. they have a, an app. I don't know, I don't, don't order Domino's, yeah, yeah. but so, you know, they'll try to justify why you can get it on a really high PE like all the other tech stocks, but that worked against them when rates went up, of course, at the end of 2021. Um, yeah, look, you've you've sort of covered it, David. That one hundred and sixty-one dollars, yeah, down to forty-nine, basically. That's a I think massive it's, fall. Yeah, and, and and the headwinds you've you've mentioned. And look, even though I'm quite optimistic, where the economy's going and the share market's going, um, I think that's you've still got a bit of a lag effect for this sort of business. So you, you you've covered the costs with you know staffing yeah. and um, all the other input costs. Yeah, we need to think who their demographic is. You know, is the demographic who buys Domino's pizzas are they resilient to what's going on? Yep. Probably not. Um, unlike luxury goods, where you know these people still have the funds to to go ahead and, and make right. purchases. I think with Domino's, it's a bit more sensitive. You know, they're trying to they're trying to maintain earnings by you know they're closing stores in in Denmark. They're closing some of their their management centres, trying to cut costs. So. I, I think it's too early. You know, maybe it needs a few more months for all of this to work through. And, you know, share price could be a little bit higher, a little bit lower. But I think you'll have a safer entry point um, at least three to six months but from now, it, potentially. It will be a benefit of falling inflation, won't it? Not yeah, falling like, inflation, like, sort of going into deflation, but mm. a slowing of inflation. Yeah, they, they will. Um, I just wonder if the you know, the response is as quick. So we're seeing inflation starting to fall now, but yep. will they suddenly see that translate to cheaper goods, but then also um, increased revenue? Or are those who are buying the pizzas still affected by interest rates, which, um, as, as Joshua mentioned, if they start dropping in, say, March next year, yep. when do we get to a point where those uh, those who are affected by the higher interest rates actually have the money to spend again. Right. So okay. I just wonder if there's a bit of a lag. I just don't know the answer okay. to that. I think All it's right. a bit too early. Okay. Yeah, a lot of moving parts with this one. Um, obviously, you've got them hurt by inflation, but they also will be subject to the, the rising employment costs. Um, so that's kind of the second wave of inflation that we could potentially get yeah. and we're, we're, we're sort of mindful of. Um, uh, I must admit, when I see the US figures mm. and I see the China figures this week and everyone's <laughs> going, oh, global inflation is coming down, I think to myself, they haven't had big increase in minimum wage as we've yeah. had and, and a federal government saying everyone can have a pay rise. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then 1st of July mm. brought through a whole range of price increases, yeah. didn't it? From everyone, from yeah. Telstra's 7.5% uh, increase in prices through to government um, charges and the whole lot. Mm. That we still haven't seen. Yeah, uh, exactly. That'll be baked into the July July inflation figure. And, and even the the figure last night, there was components of that, such as shelter, um, that we've had we've had pretty pretty drastic increases here in in, in things yeah. like rent and obviously mortgage pressures. So um, that's the second wave. It's that core inflation that that could potentially yep. continue to creep up. Mm. And how much of that is offset by? You know the the skewed data that we had 12 months ago from um, you know electricity prices and yeah. oil prices and food prices all being quite high. So yeah, obviously we're we're quite optimistic, you know, for the short term because the numbers suggest that inflation.
inflation in the US in particular has just been on a steady decline month after month for the last, I think, 14, 13, 14 yep. months. Um, so yeah, in that time, yeah, we're going to be quite positive. However, if we do get that second uh, kick of inflation and it comes from those core ones, those are going to be much harder to deal with and the Fed's already raised rates. There's yeah. not much they can do at that stage. So um, yeah, mindful of that with this company. Um, they've closed down sort of 70 underperforming stores, which is going to save them money. But again, this is a business that it's in a contraction phase if they're mm. closing down stores. Whilst they're underperformers, they're still in a contraction phase. So um, I wouldn't expect this to go back to the 150, 160 point it was at previously. Um, and therefore, I'd, I'd just avoid it. And uh, I'd even look to de-risk and sell it on any sort of rally okay. that we get. So you've got it, uh, Collins Foods mm. uh, is the other one in the sector as well. Yep. And one that came up the other day that actually got a good good rap. Um, in the past, it's been awful, uh, is Retail Food Group, yeah. um, <laughs> which has Crust Pizza and Brumby's Bakery and stuff like that. Mm. Absolute disaster of a company over the last six, seven years because they've yeah. been in legal disputes, compensation with their franchisees. Uh, apparently, that's all finished now. Mm. And... You know, they've got some great brands, Michelle's Patisserie. Yeah, right. shareholder return over a long period of time is, is what I like to look at as well. Right. So, you know, if, yeah, sure, it's great that they've fixed up those things, but have they still been able to deliver shareholder return? And if the answer is no, then it's very unlikely that right. um, they're going to continue to but do But that so. whole sector, you wouldn't be interested in Collins Food? Not at the moment, no. No, no food no. names are interesting. Just too hard. Yeah. They're all tainted <laughs> by the same brush. All right, uh, let's recap the uh, the first five stocks and our stock of the day, of course, was Net Wealth. They came out with a, a pretty positive update earlier this morning. Uh, a buy on Net Wealth for both, uh, for both Michael and Josh. Uh, GA Education, no from Michael. Uh, Josh has a sell on that. Uh, Briscoe, a no from both. Uh, Wally, a buy from Michael. Uh, and a hold from Josh. Uh, Minboss is a hold from Josh, a no from Michael. He prefers instant pivot in that area. And uh, Domino's, which is burnt, I know, so many of our viewers here on Ausbiz and was a market darling, certainly fallen from grace. Uh, way too early to see any sort of turnaround in Domino, a no from Michael and a sell from Josh. Uh, here on the call, uh, we've been uh, following our own um, fantasy investment fund as picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of the committee meeting is on the site at the moment, ausbiz.com, that's the July meeting. What it does is give you a bit of an insight into how the experts put together a portfolio. And in the July meeting, they decided that Boss Energy, they take their profits on Boss Energy. It's had a, a really good run up, but still like the uranium sector, so replaced it with Paladin. Um, and also Kelsian, the transport group, they, uh, they have replaced with Levisa, the, uh, the retailer. Uh, a lot of debate in the committee meeting there whether it was too early to get into retails because uh, the retailers have been absolutely smashed over the last six to 12 months. Uh, is that about to turn around? Well, they're just putting their toe in the water with Levisa at the moment. Our portfolio is up just over three and a half percent. Keep sending in your request to the call day because 
That is the first filter to get up to the investment committee today. Uh, as a result of today, net wealth will be uh, put up for judgment by the investment committee, should they put it into the portfolio or not when they meet for the August meeting. All right, this half hour, we're going to uh, take a look at good drinks, uh, Iris, Pacific Edge, Bass Oil and Mervac. Uh, Michael Harvey, what's a view on, uh, on good drinks? Um, they're a, a brewing, packaging, marketing, selling a beer cider and other beverages. One of these, yeah. these little boutique ones. Yeah, the um, the old Cage Roads. Yeah. Um, so they've um, out of Perth. Look, yeah, look, I think I think they've got the same sort of issues as a number of you know a few of the stocks we've we've mentioned here, where right. you know you've got rising costs and and staffing issues, and um, you know what's the demand for the products going to be look like? I mean, they've 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 held up. I mean, demand's held up pretty well for. Um, you know, for for alcohol and and of course, if you're looking at, at at their venues, we we know that you know there's been a lot of talk about services inflation. Everyone's still spending. Well, you know, goods spending on goods was the first to drop, but there was still a lot of spending in um, in hospitality venues. But I think that's starting to to wane. So um, probably a tough sort of or an, or an uncertain maybe few months. Uh, ahead of them, maybe until the end of the year, until we see what's happening with, um, again, those inflationary pressures and um, and demand for their products. Um, and the final point is, yeah, it is a little bit illiquid as well. So it's another one right. of those stocks that it's hard okay. to be in and out of. And, you know, we've still got that downtrend since the, the peak in 2021. So it's an avoid at the moment, but it could be uh, an opportunity maybe yeah. later in the year or next year. Okay, so on a much larger scale, mm. Endeavour Group is that have similar issues to, to um, similar. I don't think it's necessarily trading cheap enough either for right. you know for the uncertainties that that lie ahead. So um, I mean, retail in general, I'm starting to keep a bit more of an eye on. Um, so you're a bit like the investment committee saying, "Hey, they're so cheap at the moment." Mm. Is the downturn in the economy not going to be as bad as everyone expected? And, yeah. and these could report on the on the plus side when they come out. Yeah, so you've got stocks and sectors which you know everyone's crowded into and love, and then there's the unloved ones. But just because it's unloved, I don't think we just go straight into it. Yeah. I'd rather wait for a bit more evidence that they've turned around, which is what I you know, try to do with the charting, try to see if there's actually a bit of buying behind the scenes. Right. Is something going on? But at the moment, you're not nothing's that. nothing's really going right. on. Okay. So. Definitely something to look out for, and you know I did mention um, when we were here a couple of weeks ago on the show, uh, property as being another one of those unloved sectors right. to keep an eye on. The REITs. Goodman Group, yeah, the REITs, right. Charter Hall. Um, so retail, keeping an eye on it, but I think it's just a bit too early. Right, okay. Um, reporting season is gonna be so critical yeah. for that area is that when it comes yeah, up definitely. In, in August. Uh, Josh, what do you think of good drinks? Um, yeah, interesting business. You know, I think there's a lot of competition that's coming into that space. Um, it's not too hard to produce your own beer line or craft beer line these days. Uh, everyone's sort of doing it. Uh, or, they sp- or spirits. What did I read today? <laughs> ba- Barry Hall, Big Bad Barry, yeah, right. up on the 
on the Gold Coast, he, he and his partner are starting a vodka range. Yeah, I think Mick Fanning's got one. Yeah, every, that's right. yeah, every, yeah. every celebrity or influencer is kind of, yeah. kind of coming out with their own. Um, they do kind of benefit a little bit from that. So they can actually partner up for, with brands like that for distribution. Right. So I think that's what they've done with the, the Single Fin brand, which is one of the fastest uh, growing craft beers in Australia. Yeah. Um, but then again, you know, the, the shareholder return is just not there. Uh, they seem to have a, a pretty large uptick in, in revenues. Uh, very low profit margins, again. So any squeeze there is going to be uh, yeah, detrimental to the business. So is that because they haven't got scale yet? Um, it's just a very cost intensive business as right. well. So, um, you know, if they're producing it, they're taking it to, to the market, getting it out there, you know, it's, there's a lot of steps in the process that need to be done. Um, I just prefer an endeavor um, right. at any stage. You know, one of the big reasons I like Endeavor is their loyalty program. Uh, they've got about 5 million active users. So about a quarter of the country is is, is, is going there quite regularly. So right. um, I think that's probably good for, you know, ticking some of those recessionary boxes, um, you know, not going out there. Because I have Dan Murphy's in there too on BWS, yeah, don't they? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, buy your alcohol at home as opposed to going yeah. out and, you know, paying I, double I the amount. I must admit, um, their digital program, mm, yeah. particularly at Dan Murphy, has picked up enormously mm. over the last year. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a member of Dan Murphy's. The targeted emails mm. I get, particularly <laughs> with the, you know, wines of choice that I have, yeah. they, they have just nailed it in terms of what they offer yeah. me as a consumer. Definitely helps being an offshoot of those bigger companies. Um, you know, like Woolworths um, and Wes Farmers have spent a lot in sort of developing tech and, yeah. uh, you know, it's flowed through to their subsidiaries. So, um, yeah, I think it does definitely help to have that big backing behind you of, you know, yeah. five, ten years of development into that sort of area and leveraging off those, those tech skills mm. too. That's massive. All right, so you do like Endeavour though? Yeah, yeah, don't mind. It's back to almost its listing price. So anything anywhere, sort of roughly around there, um, you're sort of getting an okay price for it. Okay, all right. Uh, Our next stock, uh, Josh, Mike wants a view on Iris, Mm. the uh, big financial data platform. Yeah, good, good company over a sort of five, ten year period. Um, you know, sort of great Aussie tech. Um, you know, this one's been range bound though for the last couple of years. Uh, it is an industry leader. Um, it's tech that's yielding about four percent. Um, you know, P of around forty, which is not. Um, you know any huge red flag? Um, they have shifted to a leaner business model as long you know a lot, a lot of tech new chief companies. executive has um, yeah new management as new well. Management. So um, they're they're trying to shift to a bit of a leaner business model. They've saved around thirty two million in costs, uh, which is really good. You know Megaport yesterday was a good example of a company that's you know just right on the precipice of shifting to profitability. Um, you know, they talk about in their report, Iris, they talk about their rule of 40, um, which is basically a metric for, for SaaS companies, whereby the growth rate, um, if it were to be added to profit margin, that number shouldn't exceed 40. So they actually present it on their financials. Um, they're not there yet, so it's obviously something they're working towards, but the other tech companies are, are above that. So those are the names that we'd prefer that have already made that switch. So for example, Zero uh, and Rhea are right. our preferred names in that space. Um, but it just seems unfortunately in terms of a growth rate compared to the profitability that they're able to achieve, Iris is not there just yet for its own numbers and its own metrics. I think once it starts- But to you achieve, reckon they'll get there? 
Uh, I think I'd rather wait until they achieve their own goals first and then, you know, sort right. of uh, move, move in with that flow. So just a hold for now. It's Like I said, it's been rain bound, uh, range bound for, for quite a while um, and it's at the bottom of that range at the minute. So I think, uh, yeah, there's definitely upside in the stock, but I'd like to, you know, sort of see them hit their own targets first. Right, okay. Um, Jeff, they could do a, a zero. Yeah. Um, they what zero has doubled in the last six months or so. Yeah, so exactly. And they released a market announcement right? when they were looking to shift to that profitability, that leaner business model. We bought it just after that. Then yeah. the results came through, reaffirming that they've achieved exactly what they you know thought yeah. they would achieve, which you can back with the management like that. That's delivered shareholder return over a five, ten year period. Okay, uh, but Iris. Just to hold for the time being. But so let's let's see them do it first. Yeah. So you're not as confident they can do it. Um, as I just zero. Yeah, probably not. Um, right. But again, zero outlined that they were going to do it. You know, six like you said, six six or eight months ago. So yeah. uh, they've already done it. Uh, these right. guys are trying to do it now, which okay. is maybe a bit too late. All right, Michael. Um, a bit coincidental. We're talking about it because I had to I use Iris and had to fire off an angry email this morning about something else that doesn't work on the platform. So oh, okay. I'll try to remain unbiased but <laughs> <laughs> and say it's, 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 but you're it's a no good. Um, yeah, but, well, but begrudgingly it... so because... Right. So is that a motor for it though? The um, fact that it's it's too hard for you to change? I don't, I don't think it's that much of a motor. I mean, I, the Australian market's quite small. So a lot yeah. of us were sort of forced onto it. Yeah. Um, but if you're say, um, a retail investor and you're using Comsec, you have the option of, of Iris, or, but you could just quite happily use the Comsec platform or, right. or Bell Direct or whoever it is. So yeah. um, I think if they want to take over all of that business, they just need to be doing a much better job. Right. And, you know, yep. It's a bit of a, okay. an in-joke an in, in the industry that you know, Iris can be, you know, or try to put it politely, it can be a little bit difficult at times and not sort of up to the level that, that you hope it would be. Right. Um, so they do have a bit of a monopoly. They do put in... So I think the way they can increase their, their sort of earnings at the moment is they, they creep in the, the price increases and right. try to cut some costs and um, maybe try to upsell you to, for some extra data. But I think that's the limit of it at the moment. I don't really see it as a like a zero where zero you could roll out to small business to accountants. Hmm. So Iris, I think the market's a bit narrower and I don't think their product at the moment is as, hmm. um, you know, is, is as attractive. So yeah, look, I just don't think it makes a compelling case right now. The share price, actually for about 10 years, it hasn't really, yeah. hasn't really gone anywhere. Because they've expanded either. overseas, haven't they? Into the mm. UK and Canada and a few markups like that as well. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll see what kind of traction they can gain. But, you know, in those bigger markets, there'll be other alternatives. And um, I don't know, I'd just like to see it if, you know, it'd be nice if they can get the Australian market a bit bit more right at the moment right. then. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so not for you at all. Avoid uh, at the moment. Yeah. Do you like zero and REA? Like Justin? Um, yeah. As yeah. I like those two. Yeah. Definitely. Even though zero's had the big run. No, I think zero's got, got further to run. Okay. It's looking quite attractive. All right. All right. Our uh, next stock uh, that's been sent through by you is Pacific Edge, um, as requested by Daniel. Um, Michael, a uh, cancer diagnostic company, um, uh, bladder cancer diagnostics and um, patients uh, testing. 
headquartered in New Zealand, so uh, a biotech out of uh, out of New Zealand, Dunedin. Yep. Yeah, look, unfortunately, it's like the the other one out of New Zealand that we looked at, in that there just really isn't any liquidity right to to be involved. So I know that sort of sounds a bit harsh to shut it down right there, but I think you know you do need to take these things into consideration. And if it trades about twenty six thousand dollars worth in a day. Mm. Um, unless you're only going to put in a couple of grand and leave it at that. Um, and it has been on a bit of a horrendous downtrend, to be honest. Um, just in the past year, it looks like it's fallen from about sort of 90 cents to, to 19 cents. So, um, yeah, look, I, unfortunately, it's, it's probably not nice just to leave it there. And yeah, we could see the chart now. But, yeah. you know, these things are very important when you're trading in the Yep. Um, in the Aussie. Do you market. go into any of these biotechs at all, or the medtechs? Um, look, as a, yeah, just as a further comment on biotechs, I tend to avoid because they can be very binary. Um, yeah. I don't have. I was going to say I, I don't have the the specialty or the ability to pick the eyes out of these things. But even if you did, I mean, you still get negative surprises with. Um, you know, they go overseas and they try to, you know, they go into phase one, phase two, phase three trials, falls over, share price drops 40%, back to the drawing board. Yeah. Very, yeah, very difficult. I, I just find that that too difficult for myself. Right. I mean, there's there's companies here, you know, a lot of other companies, they might have a bad announcement here and there and um, you get a bit of a share price reaction. But with these ones, it can be quite extreme. Works both ways, of course, if you yeah. can get the right one. but. Just not my area, yep. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Andrew Wyland from DP Wealth was saying he gets his exposure through an ETF, sort of uh, Cure, C-U-R-E, mm. which does overseas biotechs as well. So at least you're part of a, um, a, a portfolio of biotechs that you can just yeah, put okay. a little amount into. Yeah, that so, might be the better way to yeah, do it. Yeah, option. Uh, Josh, what do you think of Pacific Edge? Um, yeah, look, there's a couple of risks that, that I came across. Uh, the main one is that um, their, their main product, the CX bladder tests in the US, Medicare have stopped their coverage of that. So they flagged in their last report that there was a fair bit of uncertainty. They've just come out recently, probably the, the recent gap down you see there on the chart. Uh, the company's saying, you know, they're, they're, they're expecting revenues to reduce dramatically on that. Um, why, so, why did Medicare take it out? Uh, I'm not sure. It might be something to do with the fact that it's in the US right. um, rather than a, a local thing. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um, but it, either way, it does, yeah, significantly impact their business. Um, I'm not sure the plan moving forward. I don't think the company knows the plan moving forward as to whether that's going to be reinstated in the next year or the year after. But, yeah, huge uncertainty. And it really just highlights yeah. that risk. Yeah. Um, you know, Mesa Blast was one that we were waiting on the FDA approval. You know, it was up 40%. Yeah. Then the two-day two day meeting, it was down 40% and, and reversed entirely back up and then just drifted off after that. So, yeah. you know, that's the sort of volatility you can get. You can get up or down, you know, 20 to 40% in these types of companies. Um, and it entirely depends on, you know, an FDA decision or a Medicare uh, reason for, for not backing it. You know, these, these, these uh, you know, very binary um, things that you can't control from yep. external uh, bodies. And you may never get an explanation from, from Medicare or the FDA as to why, yep. um, you know, it, it, they've ceased supporting the, the product that your business has, you know, spent so long positioning itself in. Yeah. So how do you approach biotechs? Do you, do you um, just ignore them? 
No, at the moment, um, we're more so in the sort of cash flow cash flow positive ones. So, um, you know, you'd almost put it in the basket, but something like a Polynovo, which right. is achieving record revenues, um, you know, sort of a, a unique proposition in the market. Um, and something that, um, you know, we're definitely not experts in terms of the actual technology and the, the medical treatments behind it. But fortunately, we have a few doctor clients that we can lean mm. on uh, that, uh, you know, have a sort of ground floor uh, exposure to the products and try and get a little bit of anecdotal evidence from them. Right. And look at the right. and if the business ticks our boxes uh, fundamentally. So Polynovo is one, one that's in that basket. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and go to the grassroots because they always say when they talk about these sorts of stocks, even when you get approval, for it to go into hospitals, mm. that's just the start of climbing the mountain because you've got to then convince the doctors to change their habits on yeah, the hospitals. Exactly. Yeah. One, which is, <laughs> you know, um, they don't like change and they stick with the tried and true usually. All right, uh, let's turn our attention to oil now. And Mariam wants a view, Josh, on Bass Oil. Australian listed Indonesian oil producer, oil and gas production. Uh, onshore in Indonesia's South Sumatran Basin. Um, mm. What do you think of Bass Oil? Yeah, but the company's profitable, um, yeah, very marginally, about 42 grand they, they ticked over. They've got two producing assets. Um, one is obviously in that Indonesia, uh, but I believe the other one is in South Australia. Um, so yeah, deep coal, seam gas, um, you know, had a huge rally back in sort of November uh, 2022. Uh, they found gas there. Um, so the, the big thing about this company and, uh, you know, you want to know it quite well, but Santos is, is working next door uh, to right. their tenement. So, you know, a lot of these very small, uh, you know, whether it's an exploring company in any commodity, um, if they've got a project right near something like a big blue chip company, like a BHP or a, you know, Pilbara or something like that. So that works, doesn't it? Uh, more often than not, you know, right. there's no, no no one rule always works, but uh, you know, it gives you gives you a little bit of a degree of confidence. It also opens up the possibility of a takeover play as those big companies just you know expand out their their right. physical geographic presence. So you know, it could well be a, 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 a takeover takeover bid in the near future, especially if they can develop it to a to a decent size. Um, so yeah, it seems okay. Um, obviously, very highly speculative. Um, and, and quite small in nature. So, um, yeah, happy with a sort of speculative buy of a very small allocation. Okay. Would you go for the big bloke next door rather than the small one? Well, I guess or it does go, come... go for Sandos? Yeah, it does come down this? to the sort of relative valuation. So, you know, even when we had oil, you know, at its lows, um, unfortunately, Woodside and Santos just wouldn't pull back to, to cheap levels where you can sign it. Get get back involved in them. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, given given the fact that they never really showed that that sort of uh, correlation with the cheap what we thought was cheap oil price at the time, mm. uh, and now oil has rallied. I think uh, yeah, we're we're just out of the space for the time being. So something like this would be good. You know, we're, mm. we're doing a similar thing in the copper 
um, space at the moment. Right. You know, similar to how you want to invest in, um, you know, those retail stocks when, when things are doom and gloom, you know, copper may be the case as well. Uh, obviously, Oz Minerals and, and Samphire are your bigger names, but they're not, not trading at, at significant discounts. So right. we've got a sort of basket of companies that we've been looking to pick up um, that are mm. relatively quite cheap and a lot smaller. You know, they've got numbers in the ticker code, those sort yeah. of names. Yeah. Um, and if you can get it right, you know, the local ones. Um, so if you get it right, you know, it can be, can be highly profitable. And Bass Oil for your oil play is, is, is the same thing. Okay. All right, Michael. What do you think of Bass Oil? Um, yeah, look, there's a number of number of positives. Uh, I picked up the, the same same points that, that that Joshua mentioned. So yeah, very small market cap, only about 34 mil, but you know they're producing. So there's a lot of you know, speculative businesses out there that are still still drilling holes, raising money. These guys are actually um, at that profitable yeah. you know, profitable stage. Getting money. So, yeah, they're getting the money Pro- in the door. Product to sell and, and earn from. Yeah, yeah, so look, with all the with all the positive things that, that Joshua mentioned, the only other thing I would add is the chart's looking pretty good as well. So from right. a charting point of view, I'd say this looks like it can head higher. So um, look, I'm still positive the energy sector. I mean, mm. we've got Woodside and Santos and um, we're buying some beach a few days ago. But if I was looking for something like this at that end of town, then from what I've seen, it looks good. I'd be okay. buying. All right. Spec okay. buy. Uh, spec buy, but you're also buying Woodside and the Santos as Yeah, well. just sticking to the, the larger, more liquid um, businesses. What about Karoon? Karoon gets mentioned a lot here on the call as well. Yeah. It's had a pretty good run up. Um, yeah, that's, um, I think they've had a few sort of production issues and um, sort of missed guidance and so on. I'd have to go back and have a look. But, um, you know, the way that one's been trading, it's been very, very choppy, very unreliable. So, yeah. I mean, I guess all the oil stocks have been pretty choppy recently. Um, yeah, look, there's, yeah. there's a number of names out there. Maybe maybe that could be a um, potential sort of contrarian um, stock if everyone's been a bit too worried about some of yeah. the past announcements, you know, maybe they start to come good, but I'll have to do the homework on it. Uh, but you've been buying Beach. Yeah, we bought Beach as a bit of a, a trade a few days ago um, because we could see it sort of rounding out and starting to come good. That's also had um, some, you know, announcements that the markets found a bit disappointing and, and I think it's been a bit oversold. But the, the, our core energy holdings at the moment are through Woodside and Santos. Right, okay, okay. Any of, uh, are you back in uh, coal stocks or any, um, any I think, of the uranium? Yeah, look, I think Whitehaven um, looks very interesting here. So it's it's given up it's given up sort of half of those those gains that it had yep. a couple of years ago. Um, I think coal prices are stabilising here, but when I look at the way Whitehaven's trading on the chart um, over the past few months, some very very solid buying off the lows. So I think a lows in place. For the coal stocks now as well. I think we reached a period where there was sort of peak negativity. Everyone's sort of given yeah. up on that whole yeah. that whole sector. But I think they're coming they're coming good now. They're still making heaps of cash and paying good dividends. Yeah, and there's and no one else can buy a coal mine and develop it now. So no. they they've got what's what's left really. Okay. All right. Our uh, final stock, uh, the cash wants a view, Michael, on Mervac Group, the big uh, diversified property. Uh, organisation in uh, residential, office, industrial, retail, build-to-rent sectors. So it's almost almost like a um, uh, a list of 
sort of diversified property conglomerate. This so it's got a mm-hmm. bit in everything, thirty-five billion in assets. Interestingly, here it says eighty percent of earnings uh, come from the commercial property portfolio, more than half of which is offices and other quarter retail. Um, what do you reckon about that? Um, look, I think it's a, a speculative buy. I mean, I we do hold Goodman Group and. And, yeah. and Charter Hall, because um, yeah. as I mentioned earlier in the they show, I think, yeah, I think there's, um, you know, they're, they're one of the few sectors that have been very unloved um, by the market and everyone seems to be happy to sort of put the knife into, uh, into, into that sector. But, um, you know, I've seen good buying in the sector for a while now um, behind the scenes when I see the way it's trading and, um, and they do look like they've been oversold and I'm looking forward to you know, in the case of Goodman Group Industrial Property, that's held up well. Yep. I think office property's been a bit overdone. You know, when we're talking residential, um, we know there's a lack of new apartments. Um, to, you know, there's supply issues with apartments. We have high immigration that's not going to stop. Um, we should be getting interest rate cuts next year, which would help. So, you know, these are the sort, I think these are the areas, these are the times you to look at, at these sorts of stocks. Um, as I said, look, I've got my top two. Um, if you were looking for Mervac um, for the same reasons, then yeah, I think with a 12 month view, you'll do, I think you'll do better than current share prices. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because there is the argument that um, these stocks have been de- deeply discounted, and particularly the REITs, mm. uh, of the future downgrades in terms of property that we haven't seen at the moment. So there's that theory of you don't know what the downgrades are going to be. And then there's the other theory that says the market's got it wrong. They won't need to devalue as much because the the market will turn around. Yeah, look, I I learned my my investing and trading got a lot better when I realised that the market is not wrong. Just respect what the market's doing and listen to it. So, you know, Mervac's share price bottomed in October. So unlike the retail stocks, which are still falling and I think it's too early, um, this has been seeing some solid buying. And okay. look, maybe that will need to adjust. Mm-hmm. So, you you know, you need to stay nimble. But, um, you know, I think there's clearly serious money going in and we need to respect mm-hmm. what the market's saying because by the time everyone else catches on, this thing's already moved. Okay. However many percent off the lows. Josh, are you as positive? Yeah, REITs are obviously a highly leveraged business and we've been concerned about um, where rates are going. I think now that we've kind of got early indication that the the rate market is is likely to top out here, I think it starts to put a lot of the REITs on our watch list. Um, Mm. I think their occupancy rates tell a bit of a story. So uh, they've got office occupancy rates at about 96%, which is is quite good because um, a lot of the market is about 84 to 86% uh, in the CBD of Sydney and Melbourne. So uh, their industrial part of their business, however, is 100% occupied. So Mm. I think that tells a good story of where we want to be in the market. And, you know, we've sounded like a bit of a broken record on REITs for the last couple of years since COVID. We've preferred industrials and not shopping centres and not office space and I just think that's still the case Um, so yeah I definitely prefer um, getting exposure to the industrial REITs when we do want to start to go back into those so things like a Goodman Group um, even CIP as a smaller Goodman Group uh, Waypoint REIT is a bit more of a niche one Um, but uh, yeah I mean these the 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 REITs just haven't uh, they haven't really 
certainly um, shot the lights out by any means. They yield uh, well, which was you know sort of really attractive um, in a low interest rate environment. A four percent, five percent yield all in cash was great. Um, however, it's probably less attractive now that you can get close to that in a cash account. So you're saying too early at the moment. Um, in terms of the office exposure for Mervac Group, yes, um, but I think uh, you know if, if you can start to take the bet on the industrial ones, that's for okay. sure. Yeah. All right. So, so no for Mervac at the moment, but yes to yeah, yes industrial to, rates. Yes now. to Goodman and yeah. maybe the Charter Halls. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. Now we've got uh, good drinks and no from both Michael and Josh, um, although uh, Josh prefers Endeavour, um, um, good solid uh, and much larger company in that market. Iris, um, a no from Michael, um, a hold from, uh, from Josh, but would prefer them to show what Zero and REA have done um, in terms of turning around that profitability uh, and also cutting costs. Pacific Edge, you know, from both. Bass Oil, a speculative buy from both Michael and Josh. And a Mervag, a speculative buy from Michael and no from Josh, but both agree the, the likes of the uh, uh, Charter Hall and Goodman, uh, which are mainly in the industrial market, offer better potential. Uh, Michael Gable from Fairmont, good to see you, mate. Thank you for joining us Thank today. You. Josh Parker from Macro, always great to me. have you on board. Thank you for joining us as well um, for this edition of The Call. If you've got any stocks in your portfolio that you'd like me to put to our expert panel, uh, just go to osbiz.co forward slash call picks and outline them there. Um, we love it when you put your own comments uh, next to the stock suggestions or any particular questions you want me to put to the expert panel always uh, livens up the conversation as well. So uh, be free to give us your opinion as well. Uh, or you can tweet us using the at TV handle. That's it for us for today. We'll see you same time midday Australian Eastern Standard Time for another edition of The Call, the Friday edition tomorrow. Uh, in the meantime, more of Ausbiz coming up straight after this.